Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, please give these words power and give this congregation understanding as this message is brought from you through me in your name. This morning when I woke up, I went to the bathroom and uh, took a shower, washed my face and brushed my teeth. And then I made my way down to the kitchen to make myself some breakfast and some coffee. And uh, my little brother was in there, so of course I'd make him some pancakes as well. And he didn't want coffee, so I gave him chocolate milk. But um, through all these things, there's uh, one commonality that was, um, that was throughout all these things. Water was used. And think about how many times each day you use water. It's a vital component of human existence. Have you ever thought about what water is made of? Hydrogen is an explosive gas that can be deadly if used in the wrong way. And oxygen? Oxygen is an extremely flammable gas essential to make any kind of fire. When put together, though, when unified, these two dangerous gases can form H2O, water, a vital substance that covers over 70% of the earth. Without water, we quite simply can't live. In this instance, these two destructive, even lethal elements combine to make a life-giving substance. And in the same way, the church is composed of many individuals who, when divided, can be destructive to the church. However, When bound together with unity, the church can combine to make a complete and mature body of Christ, the life-giving substance to the world. Unfortunately, however, we allow many minor divisions in our church. In July 2005, Epiphany Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, tried tried banning baggy pants and golden teeth. Beyond trying to ban this in their church, the leaders asked for a citywide ban of the low-hanging pants and gold-capped teeth. They said they create a thuggish appearance. Some church members disputed this, saying that it wasn't a big deal. And others said, who has the right to make these decisions for a general public anyway? This silly issue did not just divide the community in which the church was located, but it divided the people inside the church. The church in Ephesus also had problems with divisions. The city of Ephesus, present-day Turkey, was located on the shores of the Asia Minor, which enabled it to be a prosperous commercial center. In this letter, Paul was writing to the Ephesians, encouraging them to unite in a divided church. He was writing from prison in Rome, trying to make them maintain unity and stick together from deceitful people. Ethnic conflicts and power struggles arose between the Jews and Gentiles, causing much tension. Perhaps the the Gentiles looked down upon the Jews because they wanted to ignore their roots. Paul was also trying to turn them from the pagan culture because Ephesus was a religious center for the worship of the goddess Artemis. The top attraction in Ephesus was this temple dedicated to Artemis where magic was practiced. The temple was a 180 by 377 foot building and was counted as one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Economically, the temple was important because Ephesians would sell images of the goddess and temple to tourists. It was difficult for the Ephesian church because they are one of the minor religions in the big port city, the trade center of the ancient world. Being the religious capital of the goddess Artemis, the Ephesian people were constantly surrounded by a pagan culture. And in the midst of these circumstances, Paul's writing to help pull the church away from these temptations and bring them to unity. Our church is too vulnerable to division and consequent destruction. 
But what is unity? And what good is it to the church? Some things that work together. All right? To be unified. Okay, and... Togetherness. (laughs) Uh, sure, yeah. Like... Unity. Able to work as one function. Thing. Ing. Okay. (laughs) Together. Togetherness. A group. Like, togetherness. Being, like... Bonded together in some way. Like, group. <laughs> People I'm together. Working together to do good things like 30 hour payment. Togetherness. Being of oneness. Like that. All different people work together to get the job. Like, yeah, work together and... Support each other. Support each other to do, like, further the work of God. Uh, a lot of people come together on Sunday mornings and other youth group nights and stuff because they want to worship God stronger. Work together like this. This is God. This is us. reach out to others and expand the church. The communion of the saints means not a series of loosely related cliques, but an all-embracing and self-abnegating fellowship. In other words, in the church, instead of being in groups with those who relate to us in some way, we need to give up our own self-interests and unite with everyone in the congregation. Were you ever required to learn all the names of the bones in the body? Just last year in my biology class, we were quizzed and tested on various bones, and there were just tons of them that we had to learn. And each bone had a specific purpose and role, and they were connected to one another. But there was one bone that we didn't learn called the hyoid bone, and it's located in your neck between the chin and thyroid cartilage, and I think you can feel it, but it's kind of gross. And its purpose is to provide attachment to the muscles of the bottom of the mouth, the tongue. And this bone is unique in the way that it's not connected to any other bone. Hence, it's called the floating bone. Consequently, the hyoid bone is the one that gets broken when someone is strangled or hanged. You might say the hyoid bone is more vulnerable to damage due to its disconnection from the body. The name of this bone is derived from the Greek character upsilon and happens to be in the shape of a U. Much like the rope one will be hanged by, there are issues in the church that cause separation. 
A few of these being political views, age difference, or even the church you attend here at church. So what difference does unity in the church make? In the same way that the hired bone is vulnerable to being damaged, the church is vulnerable to being divided, whether it's physically, spiritually, or emotionally. It is only through unity that the church can make a strong stand against the powers of evil. By having a united church, a stronger church body is formed through people fulfilling their individual roles. In order to find or discover our spiritual role or gift, prayer is vital. Asking God to reveal to you his goal for you is a large part in determining what your purpose is in the church. Once this role is revealed, application will help, will help create a fine-oiled machine in the church. Though there will never be a perfect church with no disputes, of course there are some situations in which issues need to be disputed, issues of immorality or other sinful acts should be confronted. But when confronting another person, however, do it with peace, patience, and gentleness, trying to preserve unity. Because when there is unity in the church, spiritual maturity will come. Paul says in verse 3 that unity comes through the bond of peace. This bond and the maturity that comes from it causes people to focus less on themselves and more on the needs of others. Paul says in verse 2 to be completely humble and gentle. Along with these two characteristics, Paul calls the Ephesians to be patient and to bear with one another in love. Focusing on on others creates a feeling of brotherhood where people can depend on each other to lift them up or encourage them. However, Focusing on minor issues in the church can take away from the unity and, ultimate, and the ultimate Christian goal of leading people to Christ. Divisions in churches do occur, and an issue that could have done a severe amount of damage to this church, Houghton Wesleyan Church, is the organ project. Though disputed among the congregation, for the most part, it did not sever the church in ways that it very easily could have. Sometimes a congregation or group of believers will have disputes. Those are the times when they need to pray for a variety of things. First, as directed by Paul in verses 3 and 4, prayer to become humble, gentle, and patient in these situations will help you respond to an issue in the way that Christ would respond. Secondly, as stated by Paul in verse 13, ask God to help unify with the, ask God to help you unify with the church so that you can become a fully mature Christian and ultimately attain the full measure of perfection found in Christ meaning that Christ will fill your entire being. These two prerequisites will give you the maturity to see things in a way that does not focus solely on your personal beliefs. When we focus on the disputes of minor issues, such as the organ, we take focus off God's eternal promises and leading people to Christ and put the focus on our own selfish desires and comforts. Unity in the church isn't trying to agree with everyone else. Rather, it is trying to, it is trying to become like Christ, This is emphasized by Paul in verse 13, where he says, Through the maturity gained by unifying, we can attain the full measure of perfection found in Christ. Through this mentality, personal convictions and beliefs can be formed without causing separations between the people and the church. In order to move in unity with our brothers and sisters efficiently and gracefully in response to Jesus Christ, and our goal to be filled with him, we need to use our spiritual gifts that God has given us. God has granted each of us an individual talent And when used as a unit, we can build up the church as a fully mature Christians and ultimately reach our goal of unity.
Uh, whether you realize it or not, there are a lot of natural divisions occurring in our church. And even though some of them are small, they can have big effects on us as individuals in our relationship with Jesus Christ and also as the whole church body. These issues have the potential to cause conflicts in our church if we can't set them aside. For instance, our political views, such as Democrat or Republican, can cause conflicts amongst the body of believers rather than focusing on God's eternal truths. Perhaps what town you live in, like Houghton or Fillmore or Belfast, can cause some issues. Even little things like our style of worship or how casual or formal we should dress for church. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm trying to decide what to wear and I feel like maybe I shouldn't wear a pair of jeans or I shouldn't wear this because I'm scared about what someone might think about me when really it's not the biggest deal what you wear to church. And in verse 15 and 16, Paul is urging the Ephesians to speak the truth in love and as a whole body to support each other and grow and build each other up in love as each individual fulfills their role. This can be seen in our church by lending a helping hand, even when you weren't asked to. I've seen this type of sacrifice since I was a little girl through all the Sunday school teachers I have had. Their willingness to teach has influenced my life in many ways, and I have learned a lot of valuable lessons from them. Another way of sacrificing could involve getting up early Sunday morning and making coffee for Sunday school or even helping out with the nursery. Paul says, From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. This means we should be encouraging one another and building each other up rather than tearing one another down. When one member of the church has fallen or strayed, it's important that the church body takes the role of drawing him or her back in caring for and loving him or her. While this is a hard task to learn from other humans because of our tendency to be independent and our will to get ahead, we can learn from God's own creation of the importance of depending on one another. The other day, my dad was showing me a newsletter that he received from the Gideons that he's a member of, and he wanted me to read this column on the side, and it was talking about geese. And... I'm vaguely familiar with the V formation that geese fly in, but I hadn't put much thought into it, and I wasn't too interested in it at that time. But I read it anyways, because, yeah. But (laughs) it was really surprising for me to learn that when the geese fly together, they can cover about 71% more range together than when they're just flying alone. And I'm not a bird expert or anything, but... Um, apparently, the, bee- the geese, when they flap their wings, it creates an updraft for the bird behind them. So that, that's why they can fly further. And the head goose, um, he has the hardest job because there's nobody in front of him. So when he gets tired, he falls back behind, and another goose comes and fills his spot. And for me personally, goose are really obnoxious and annoying because of those noises that they always make. But what they're actually doing is they're honking encouragement to the other geese, and especially the one in front. And it was also interesting that when one goose falls down because maybe he's sick or injured, uh, two other geese go down with him and stay with him until he's better or until he dies, unfortunately. And verse 16 says, From him, the whole body, joined and held together by each supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. 
Like the geese, if we all do our work according to the gifts God has given us, we can fulfill God's goal for us to be unified. When Pastor John first asked us to come and preach a sermon to the church, we were kind of hesitant and anxious about it. And we said, yeah, but it was kind of like a, do we have to do this? <laughs> but, but as we studied the passage, we realized that this is a, uh, our way of being obedient to God and serving the church through our gifts. And um, we went through this and we realized that this is our way to help unify the church. And if each of us finds our spiritual gifts and tries to apply it to the church, we'll, we'll be able to grow. As said by Paul in uh, verses 14 and 15. Then we will no longer be, be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. So, through us all coming together and serving our church in, ways that, in any way that we can, you know, whether it's teaching Sunday school or coming and helping clean up on the uh, service day, uh, we just all got to try to work and turn to unity and just do our, all of our, perform our spiritual gifts in a way that will promote unity. Okay, we'd like to take this time to do a little exercise to help promote unity. And praying for each other is a big part of unity. So Tyler and I are asking everyone to get into groups of three or four and when you do that, look around and make sure nobody's left out. And it's okay if somebody in your group is somebody that you don't know. That's probably a good thing. And we'd like everybody to spend about two minutes sharing with each other any prayer requests you have. And after two minutes, we'll let you know, and you can pray for them for about three or four minutes. So, get to that. Dear Heavenly Father, um, I just pray that you would help unify our church, Lord, and just open our hearts to be willing to serve you and serve others, and just help us to become more mature in the body of Christ. Amen.